You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, mysteries of the universe. Like, how can the Steelers' playbook not include a single quarterback sneak? And they've got no audible either at the line of scrimmage? How about mysteries like what happened to Markel Fultz's jump shot? Notorious J.A.Y. joins me from Baltimore. All that and new California. What's wrong with old California? You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Wednesday, January 17th, 2018, here in the DMV, the nation's capital, where we await our first shovelable snow of the 2018 winter. Today, we were delivered a distinctly non-shovelable amount of snow, a dusting, as Scott Lynn and I have famously argued on my ESPN 980 show about, well, what are the measurements of snow? There's dusting, and then there's an inch. And then he says there's some measurement between dusting and an inch. I said, no, nah, not really. Everything under an inch is a dusting in my book. And he, he insists, no, there's, you can go a half an inch of snow. Half an inch of snow is a lot worse than a dusting. Literally today, this morning, it's a joke. I was, I was woken rudely from my winter slumber by a phone call to the house phone 
which makes a loud noise on purpose, by the way, the house phone makes a loud noise because, you know, it's the emergency phone. The house phone rings at 6 a.m. sharp with a robocall from the school district saying there is a two-hour delay because of literally flurries. Flurries and a dusting. I mean, a dusting that didn't even cover all the surfaces. I'm talking about it just accumulated in certain corners of sidewalks and streets and a little bit on lampposts. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but... You know, luckily, I guess for our family, uh, I'm at home in the mornings, and my wife doesn't work, so we have the flexibility to get kids to school on a two-hour delayed basis. But for all the parents out there and the, the working moms out there that don't have that luxury, God, it just has to completely jack up their day. Okay, before we get into the show today, I just wanted to get a couple things out out front here. First of all, thank you, everyone, who is downloading and listening to the Zabecast here after just about two weeks or so, I'm already up to about, I'd say, 1,300 downloads a day through Libsyn, and I have been approved now on Google Play, so that's up and running. Uh, deeply humbled. Thank you very much for that. It's a great start. I'm looking for about a 10,000-person army. I think if I can get this up to 10,000 downloads a day, then I can start to bring in some revenue from various places, and then I can add more fun stuff to the show. I can pay some people to perhaps join me on a more regular basis. I've got the guys who are doing me favors, like Jay Today and Charge and uh, Drew Olson and other guys like that. But if I can get this army in the next year, and I'm I'm already thinking to myself, just give it a year. Give it a year, do it for a year, and, you know, if you can get it up to like 10,000 downloads a day, now you've got enough critical mass to do something with it, and you can make it really cool. And if this is all I'm going to get after a year, if I'm, if I'm going to tap out at 1,500 a day, then I'm probably going to say, okay, I did a podcast for a year, and it was fun, and, you know, you can go get the copies of the shows, but uh, that's over, and we're going to do, go do something else now. But that's, the, uh, that's where we're currently at when it comes to downloads. The other thing that I had to tell you people listening is that I'm still struggling with what this podcast or Zabecast should be. Should it be like a mini show that hits all the hot topics and sports and pop culture of the day, but I do it with a different co-host each day, sort of a virtual new co-host, whether it's, like I said, Jay or Andy or Charch or whomever? Or should it be an exploratory off-road, oddball topic, semi-non-sports-ish interview show. I mean, I could do that, I suppose. Uh, should it be a deep-dive, relaxed conversation, less broadcasty and more au naturel? I'm not sure yet. I don't know. But any feedback from you guys would be appreciated. And I think there'll be a lot of divergent opinions. People say, no, do this. No, do that. No, I like it this way. Or it's just fine the way it is. I also worry about, okay, am I reusing material between this vehicle, my afternoon show, and my segment with Bob and Brian? On the one hand, I've come to learn and understand that if it's good, it's good. You should use the material, whether it's a story you read, a a, a zinger you deliver, or whatever, You should use it wherever you can because even though there are a small amount of you diehards out there that listen to everything I poop out on a daily basis one way or another, you're a small, you know, portion of the audience. 
most of these separate audience, Zabecast, Bob and Brian, ESPN 980, are different audiences. So if you've got something good or a good point or some research you've done, don't be too worried about, well, I did this on the podcast. Fine, do it on ESPN 980 as well. But I, I try not to just repeat too much stuff. I try to keep some things that are only here for you guys that you can't get anywhere else. And speaking of something you can get here that you cannot get anywhere else, cussing. Okay, so last night as I was recording Jay, my wife was getting ready to go to bed, and she said in her best good-natured voice, oh, yeah, honey, too many F-bombs. And I rolled my eyes and was like, I know, I know, I know. And I'm not saying she's wrong, by the way, because it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, a lot of you like the natural course talk that I am availed of in this particular forum. And when it comes to how people in real life talk, I think everyone who's an adult has really very little problem with a fleeting obscenity here or there when you are making your point. I don't think anyone ever complained about the swearing in, say, The Sopranos. But on the other side of things... It can get to be gratuitous. It can get to be too much. It can get to be just, oh, yeah, you're saying fuck just because you can. And so I'm going to try to figure out where, what's the sweet spot of, you know, how much expletives need to or should be in this particular venue. It's also daunting because I'm afraid the more I do these and the more I get comfortable dropping F-bombs in front of a microphone, (laughs) then one's coming out. One is coming out on the air, and the seven-second delay at the station will, of course, that day not be working, and it'll be a big problem. Also, there is the element of, okay, let's say I'm going for a pretty big-name guest to join me on the show, and this person is a kind of a serious person, a, a classy person in the world of sports that, you know, says, well, before I come do your podcast, let me just take a listen or have my assistant take a listen, they might see or might hear one episode and hear some F-bombs or hear me do the segment, fuck that guy, and say, no, I'm not going to do it. So that could be bad. And there's also an element of you know advertising if you want to get a sponsor to help jump in on the podcast. If there is explicit language, then that may shy them away as well. I will take any and all feedback on this, especially for those of you that have been swimming around in the big ocean of podcasts for many years now, as I am late to the game on this just a bit, and tell me, well, how does you know big guys in the space do it? Bill Simmons, a lot of cussing on his podcast. Corolla, you know, I've listened to both those guys a little bit, but not a whole lot. So let me know what the consensus is on that. And also, from a time standpoint, As you can tell, I've been running longer and longer. My goal was to make this a a 35-minute-a-day boom, bing, bang, boom out of here, and you get five of those uh, per week, one per day, and you'll probably get behind on them, but that's fine. You can binge listen to them on a particularly long drive or when you're waiting around for somebody's soccer game to end. Now I'm running longer, and I'm pushing up against an hour, and I would say that's getting too damn long. To the snow-covered streets of Baltimore and the notorious J-A-Y. 
Good evening, Steve Zabin. Good to talk to you. Jay Cottrell, original, the original G, the original producer of the Steve Zabin Show on Fox Sports Radio, currently producing the Brett Hollander Experience on WBAL in Baltimore. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, Jay, including a new game called Answer Key. Ooh. Ooh. And another new feature called FTG, which I think you know what that stands for. Yes. Fuck. That guy. <laughs> All right, so let's just start with the obvious one to, uh, today. Pittsburgh lost. Uh, go. <laughs> you being a Steeler fan, unload. It was somewhere around the f- midway through the fourth quarter that I was resigned to the fact that they were not going to win this game no matter what they did. With that being said, I would like the narrative to stop today that Blake Bortles is becoming a serviceable quarterback. Because oh my Blake God. Bortles. Thank God for that one. Blake right Bortles, there. while he did the one pass that they made on in, in, in the red zone where it was the fake to the fullback and they threw to the fullback, that was a great play call. But any quarterback worth his weight or salt could have made that. He then threw a swing pass to TJ. Uh, Yeldon, TJ who was Yeldon. wide open on third and five right. in the who, fourth quarter. That was really a backbreaker because yes. all the momentum was on Pittsburgh's side, and you're like, just get a fucking stock, stop. And your defense is not good, Jay. No, no, it's it's leaky. It's all talk is what your defense They is. have no pass rush. Uh, TJ Watt, the weakest, I think he had nine sacks this season, and a lot of those were... He's not his brother. Let's no, put it he's that not, way. No, no, no. Good player, not his brother. No, though. and Bud Dupree stinks. And the you know loss, what? Yeah. Okay. A lot of people are saying, by the way, uh, it's uh, fire Joey Porter because he's the worst linebacker coach ever. And I'm like, you can't fire Peasy. No, you cannot. Hey, Peasy, lead us out of the tunnel. You cannot fire Joey Porter. Not while I'm on this earth. That's for gosh darn sure. They shot me in Denver. You will not. Peasy. And then, of course, there's the obvious. You desperately miss Ryan Shazier, and there's no way around there it. Nobody is... wants to talk about it, given the fact that he is in a wheelchair and fighting for his chance to ever walk again, but that factors in when it comes to a defense. Have you not heard that he is trying to play again? Have you not He's... heard that? I, Jay, I know, I know, it. I know, I know. I, you know, it's, I know. I, this, Just it's walk. Funny. Did you, by the way, did you see the dust-up between Drew McGarry's piece? on Shazier and Mike DeCourcy and his rebuttal. Mike DeCourcy, a Pittsburgh native. No, I did not see it. You didn't see it. Okay, so basically McGarry said, look, they turned this Shazier thing into a football life episode, and they glossed over the horrificness of the injury and made it into this feel-good thing before anybody could really grapple with how awful it was. And he said it felt weird and a little bit slimy and a little bit managed. With no offense to Ryan Shazier, who, you know, is having a good positive attitude, as any patient of an injury like this should have. Meanwhile, DeCourcy's rebuttal was, hey, not true. That basically Ryan Shazier is entitled to write his own story, and he and his family have indeed been in charge of that story ever since he was in the hospital. I'm going to agree with DeCourcy on that one. Because I his, will agree with DeCourcy. His father well. has been the only one you've heard from. You've not right. heard from a camp. It's been his dad has been the only one speaking out in front of this. So I'm going to agree with DeCourcy on this one. Yeah. Do you feel weird like I do when I see Shazir up yes. there and I see him waving the towel and I am gleaning 
looking, straining for any signs of, God, you know what? He looks pretty solid in his upper body movements. It doesn't look too ginger. And that maybe there is increasing strength and perhaps functioning in the lower extremities. I don't and know why I feel bad thinking that, but that's all I could think about. Every shot I see, it's him, and then they pan down and he's in a wheelchair, and you go, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I, I, I just want him to walk. All that's right. it. Exactly. So back to the game itself. Uh, it was crushing. Uh, this is, let me if I could rank them, I think the Tebow loss still to me is the worst, but oh, someone God. did point out that team was very injured. If you remember, Ryan Clark couldn't even fly. Right, because he had that weird thing going right. on with his liver. And that was it, right. And that team Soft. Was, that <laughs> Soft. Come on, man. That team was that Take team was that injured. liver up and get on the plane, <laughs> pussy. But losing losing to Tim Tebow was bad, but this this is number I, I still yeah, this is bad. Nin, how about ninety four. Ninety four is the worst. Uh, which one was that? Alfred Papunu against Standy, <laughs> uh, uh, against the Chargers and Stan San Diego Humphreys. Humphreys. Alfred Papunu, that was with Tim McHire. Yes, Giving up the long bomb down the right side. Yes, it was. That's uh, the worst singular playoff loss ever. True or false, Jay, I once played golf with Tim McHire on a semi-regular basis when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was working for WFNZ Radio with me. See, and he you- would tell me, and he would confide in me on those rounds of golf that that play – devastates him to this day. True or false? So you've given too much info. True. Uh, no. <laughs> All of that is true except for the part about him saying it devastated him. All he would say is, man, I, I was supposed to have safety help over the top on that <laughs> bullshit, man. Left me hanging out to dry. How come I don't have a job right now, Zabe? How come I don't, man? They're all hanging on me. And, you know, the whole round, 18 holes. And I liked him. And it was fun to play with him. And I'm like, just. Tim, enough. Sh-. I like, got it. Shut the fuck up I got about it. that play. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> So I kind of swerved you there because most of it was true, but okay. the part at the end, not true. This, you got to listen to every detail, Jay. This game does suck with you, though. It's, a, you it's a tricky one. Listen, yeah. It's a tricky you, one you never know. All right, so the Tomlin stuff, is has the bell finally tolled for Tomlin? I have, okay, I, I, truth be told, Tomlin has worn on me with his chasing two points all the time, with his... How'd you feel about the onside kick? Uh, Went against all the stat nerds to do it in that spot. And... I, you do the onside kick because, and he said, I don't know if we can stop them. But you stopped them, and they still got the field goal. But you did right. stop them on four downs. I don't – you were playing Blake Bortles. You weren't playing Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I will I, – that move – the fourth down calls, though, the worst in history. They have to get rid of – Haley. Haley has to go. Immediately. At, who – okay, so when they brought him in, nobody liked him. Because but he, somebody had to have liked him. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He grew up there. And anybody at that time, um, oh, Bruce Arians was the fall guy for a couple bad playoff losses. Right. So anybody okay. would have been an upgrade. Okay. But yeah, but Haley's, I think his dad at some point coached in the Steeler organization. Yeah. And he was okay. And then all of a sudden, he and Ben stopped getting along. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything went sideways. How about the fact that. Ben on Tuesday said in his radio appearance, they don't even have sneaks, quarterback sneaks in the playbook, and he can't audible to it. He can't check to it because there is no check in the system to a quarterback sneak. How fucking stupid is that? Remember when we, you one day came in and said, if you, if I, for one, I think one or two years, you said, if I did nothing but immerse myself in football, I could I be could, a, an average play and caller. Scott Lynn and I laugh like laughed, little schoolgirls. 
God damn it, Zabe. Those guys right? are idiots. You could do that. It ain't that hard. Exactly. Is because you're not designing right, you're not designing an offense. No. And you're not coaching players to do the right techniques. You're just choosing food off the fucking menu. It's pass, th- run, short, wide, inside, out, packages. You can learn that shit. It's it's not it's not rocket science. No, and you know what? You don't throw a four-yard toss sweep in the short side of the field against one of the fastest-moving defenses in the league. And you don't play action 25 yards down the field on fourth and inches also. I know. It's exactly. just oh, – and the fact that the coach didn't hear that in his headset and go, whoa, whoa, we don't – we got Roosevelt Knicks here at 260, way, and right. we have Le'Veon Bell. And, and Ben, you can do this. Hey, Pouncey, I'm just going to come right behind you on one. Go. How about the fact that after the first fourth and short, or as I, it was so short, I called it fourth and a white guy's dick. Trademark. Thank you. I, I, after the first one that went badly, you're telling me they couldn't do a rough install of a quarterback sneak for the second one in I, on the fly, on the sideline, using their fancy Microsoft Surface tablets. There's How I, complicated is a sneak? Again, it does this uh, play calling now has gotten – to be, uh, Steve. Sar- I-, I wanted to put this on Twitter, and I would have got killed. Yeah, but Steve Sarkeesian. I'm a better play caller than Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian is the epitome of white privilege. He's oh, done Jesus. nothing. He's go. he is. Well, how is Steve? He he. Okay, let let's look at the Steve Sarkeesian dossier. Started at you. Start. He was a, a quarterback at BYU. Yeah. Then he was under the great Pete Carroll uh, regime at USC. Yeah. Then got a gig at. Uh, Washington, where they called him eight and four star because he could never get over there. Right. Then gets a job at USC, drinks and drinks his way out of himself out of there. He goes off for a year while getting paid, then goes to Alabama. Alabama. Goes from Alabama to what, Zabe? After calling, he was on, and that's a loss in the national championship. Then what gig does he get, Zabe? What gig does Steve Sarkeesian get? Offensive coordinator. Okay, but how does it – what's the white got to do with anything? How a does he of, get a gig? How does he get a gig? He's a coach. A lot of coaches he's terrible. get gigs. He's obviously okay. not good. All right, well, then you have to point me to a similar black coach who had some fuck-ups and was not very good and kept getting promoted along the way. That never happens. We don't get uh, – we don't get – we okay, don't get listeners, promoted. We listeners, don't. listeners to the Zabe cast here, let's provide Jay with some examples. Oh, and they will look high mediocre. and low, and they will find nothing. We don't get the good jobs. We okay. well, you know what? We'll get a he'll get a college gig at New Mexico State. Okay, so wait a minute. the uh, The coach at Indiana who walked into the stands and went crazy, lost to Maryland in the national championship game. Davis, college That's basketball. College coach. basketball. We're talking two different things. No, we're not. We're, we're talk- talking white privilege. <laughs> we're talking white. How about I say white football privilege? How's that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there is nepotism. There's no question about that. But the fact that Romeo Cornell got all those fucking jobs, huh? Uh, You're not going to count him? Art Shell, multiple Art bites Joe, of the apple. How about wait a minute? Art about, Shell got one bite at the same apple. He kept getting the Raider job because Al Davis uh, is insane. Uh, still, it's two apples. <laughs> same kind of apple. Apple, apple. <laughs> it was a green one, then it was a red one from okay. the same bag. All right. How about Hugh Jackson? How about fucking Marvin okay. Lewis? Okay, let's. I, I will. Uh, I will give you. Uh, well, okay. Marvin Lewis works for the cheapest organization in football. The Browns okay. ain't going to fire anybody to pay them. 
but he has not been good. I will okay. give you that one. Hugh All Jackson's right. had one gig. All right. Let's let's steer our okay. common hatred towards Todd Haley, that <laughs> fucking cock knob. All right. He, okay, but back to fired. Todd Haley. The back to him. We can we can agree. White black. We all hate Todd Haley. That dick. And his so play calling makes. How do you? You you have one guy who is really good running between the tackles, but yet you would love to pitch outside every yeah. second running play. Not only that, but you know Jacksonville is weaker against the run than right. the pass, and, and you just threw it all day. By and the way, you this- got in a hole early, and you couldn't climb out of it. And but up up but up bump. There goes another year down the fucking drain with Antonio Brown doing superhuman shit out there, which is at seventy five percent. He wasn't even fully healthy. I know it's sick. All right, Le'Veon Bell, would you pay him or not? No, nope. For for two reasons. Number one, can't pay a running back that that amount of money. Number two, what does he want? By the he's, way, he wants he wants to be paid more than any running back ever has. Because he says he does more than any other running back because he catches the ball and he runs the ball, which he okay. does. But he's right. also one drug test away from being out of the league. Okay, so you wouldn't pay him? Nope. You've got no viable backup James right Conner from Pitt. Oh, I forgot about drafted. And What did he do this year? Uh, not much, but if you look, Le'Veon Bell in his first year wasn't okay. Le'Veon Bell. Okay. So you got to spend your money on somebody, you know. Uh, I think we need a linebacker. That's what they do need. Okay. Well, that's, you're right. They're going to have to go buy one on that front. Okay, so Le'Veon Bell, let him go. And Big Ben says he's coming back. I trust. Do you think he'll change his mind on that? No, he's such a diva, though. He is this a gets really. Diva. Could you get? Could you tire of this? Every no. every every week, it's something yeah. with him. You know what? I, I if I was a Steeler fan, I would tire of it. But that's because I've had good quarterbacking for a long time. If you're on a team, if you're with a team that doesn't have good quarterbacking, then you're like, okay, so he's a diva. Okay. What are you going to do with the next year? You're good. What are you going to do with the eight car? Kirk, we don't have time for that. Okay. All right. I've talked that into the ground. Okay. All right. Let's change subjects. Thank you. The ref who lost his toupee. (laughs) I'm sure you saw this one from high school. I did see that one. Yes. (laughs) Okay. What should he have done? Because he picked it up and screwed it back on his head. I think you got to throw that. You got to throw it somewhere and just move on, buddy. Because the cat's <laughs> out of the bag now. You ain't hiding nothing. So just throw it to the side. I said he should have taken it, picked it up, thrown it into the stands, and thrown his hands up and turned to the crowd and said, "I am bold." <laughs> and that would have gotten just a big laugh. It. Yes. And then and then like do a deep bow, a deep theatrical bow. He tried to hide it with the with the with the very awkward I'm gonna screw this bag and nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> I would say poor bastard, but you know what? The guy put that on in the first place. The and- guy said, I'm gonna claw back a little bit of dignity, or so I think, with a fake piece of hair. Stop it already, will ya? That one was good. Okay. WWE celebrating twenty-five years of Monday Night Raw. Question: What can bring wrestling back oh. to the glory days of when I was getting wrapped up into it as a casual fan, circa nineteen ninety-five, six, seven, eight, nine? And Linda McMahon not in Trump's cabinet anymore because this this new PC WWE they can't curse, right? You can't show women's breasts anymore. Right. You know, that little Can't stuff gets in the... chicks through tables. Right. One of my favorites. By the way, that was an awesome time. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Don't they need an exceptional talent, though, like... The Rock. The Rock. And th- those guys don't come along very they often. They don't They're have like, that anymore, right? Yeah. He was a generational talent. All right, maybe bring back the Dudley Boys. 
from whatever banishment they're currently in, oh, whatever low level circuit. I, I they forgot are. about. Are the Hardy Boys? Are they are they in it still? The Hardy Boys? I don't know. Do you watch wrestling? Still? I have not. I'm not gonna. I've not watched wrestling in probably five years. Wow, yeah. amazing! And you were you were pretty into it. I was I pretty into it. Well, not Goldie level, but you were close. They had a um, uh, there's a as a lower federation called Ring of Honor, which okay. is based in uh, Baltimore. It's literally down the street from here. And they would have wrestlers come in all the time, like on a, like they would have a show on Saturday at literally like a high school gym, and they would let the wrestlers come in. And some of those guys are pretty good talkers. And for some reason, the WWE does not, you know, get these guys. Well, they have a couple of them in. Like uh, there's a Kevin something. He's like champ now. The okay. WWE, but they uh, they there's there's a little competition. They need competition. That's another thing they need. Yeah. They're the only. Cock in the hen house. Okay. Uh, the fake-ass fight between the Clippers and uh, the Rockets. That was, Go. Uh, as I like to say, it was the uh, culmination of the light-skinned, dark-skinned wars. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mixfolks.com? Yes. Blake, he, and, his, Blake he, and his white mom with well, a redhead well, you had, <laughs> that gave her all those beautiful orange freckles. You had Blake and Austin Rivers. Oh, that's right. Against, I forgot. Against CP3. <laughs> Uh, James Harden. It's like it's like the Sharks and the Jets in it the was black the full, community. Yes. Full, full brothers against the mixed yes, folks. It, 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 it is it is light light skin dark skin wars. Man, that is some racist shit, it's man. The, Why can't we all just get along, as the great Rodney <laughs> King once said, huh? Why has it got to be that way? Wait a minute. Do you love the fact that they had to call the LAPD? They well, they didn't have to, but they did. And of course, Shaq and Barkley were laughing their asses off because they always say NBA players don't want to fight, and that's very true. Well, they, they're fake tough guys because the real tough guys, like the Charles Oakleys of yesteryear, they don't hey, exist anymore. Charles o- Mount Rushmore of NBA tough guys: Charles Oakley, Xavier McDaniel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, from and oh, from what they said, Jerry Stackhouse. Stackhouse was Stackhouse tough? once punched. Christian Leitner in a dice game on a plane. He tells the story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, basically, any NBA player from pre-internet age is tougher than any of the current millennials who are all into this. Well, what's the relationship now between Blake Griffin and CP3? Well, you know, after CP3 wanted to opt out, they said they would remain friends, but they really haven't talked since. And then you get Ramona Shelburne on TV to go, their relationship is strained. (laughs) And I'm like, who the fuck cares about their relationship? You know, when did this become high school musical, the NBA? It's you against me. It's it's the AU. We all have to be friends because at some point we're going to play together. I, I guess that's it. And the other thing is, Every one of these dudes, as good as they are, they have played their entire life in the warmest of gymnasiums on the most gleaming of oak hardwoods. With the nicest tennis shoes. And rims and tennis shoes and warm ups and shit. None of them came from the streets. None of them came from Bed Stuy. They've never shot on a rim that's crooked with a (laughs) broken chain for a net. Never played in the winter and 10 below. Where you right. where you can't shoot jumpers, you have to go to the hole. Right. <laughs> never never played a game for fifty bucks with ten dollars in their pocket, yeah. and yeah. the guys you're playing holding guns. <laughs> That's the toughness that we once had in the NBA. Oh well. Oh. Uh, now, the NBA. You think the NBA is going to come down hard on this, or you know, or no? Oh no, David Silver is not that stupid. Yeah, okay. And Austin Rivers, a coach's kid, should a coach. 
There should be a rule in the NBA: you can't play for your dad. And period. And, it's it just is too complicating because really that's where a lot of this tension is. A lot of the Clipper players hate Austin Rivers, right? Everybody hates Austin because they say he's aloof. He didn't have to earn anything. Yeah. He's, he's a he's coach's a, kid. Yeah, he's the, the the kid from the Yankees and Bad News Bears. He's a pitcher. That's who he is. <laughs> and he's just good enough to barely be in the NBA. He is one one bad week away from being in the G League. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, NBA stories, have you seen the Markel Fultz jumper story that emerged oh, today? Oh, I saw his jumper. Oh. This guy was the number one. Number one, number pick. one. And he shoots basketballs now like a 10-year-old who just barely reached the rim. Like a little kid who's finally able to heave it up to the rim with all of his might. Will we ever see Markel Fultz play a game in the NBA? I don't know, but did you see the quotes from Brett Brown, the yes, Sixers he was coach? Like, I just want him to be able to shoot a basketball. <laughs> and he said, I've never seen anything like this. He heard it. No, he hurt his shoulder, which caused him to redo his shot, but his shoulder's fixed now. Uh huh. So go back to the way you shot before. I know it's oh, going to. And by the way, hurt his shoulder. Nobody even knows when, how, where. It was like he's got tendonitis. He just needs to get a shot for it. It's not like the dude fell off a ladder putting up Christmas lights oh, and had a serious a injury. Point. It was just like, oh, yeah, his shoulder's a little bit stiff and sore as he came into the league as a rookie. So we're going to shut him down and let it get healthy. Maybe a cortisone shot. And now he can't shoot. Now it's like one of those goofy Disney movies where a guy gets bonked over the head with a tennis racket by accident. <laughs> he, he forgot everything. He forgets everybody. Uh, who am I? <laughs> like, he doesn't know how to shoot anymore. Can you, this was, is an unbelievable story. Have I, you have you uh, followed the Sixers at all? No, no. I mean, loosely. Like I know Embiid is everyone's favorite, and he still plays like once every three games to keep him, you know, from breaking down again. And I know that Simmons looks really good. But he so there's that, that. That was what I was Ben, ben Simmons, who I remember seeing a little bit in college at L, his one year at LSU, well, his one semester at LSU. He can't shoot. Oh, I know. But he somehow controls games. He can't shoot a 10-foot jump shot. No. It is remarkable. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he was out that day they were teaching that. <laughs> anyway, they didn't teach sick. that in Australia. Right. Uh, ben is sick today. Oh, damn it. We were going to teach yeah. him the 10-foot jumper today. <laughs> and uh, he missed it. Uh, here's one more before we get to the new hit show, Answer Key. Ten rapid-fire questions. And then I'll reveal the answer key once you respond to them. This is the last one. Interesting concept of a story. I didn't read the story. I just read the headline, which is now you know the way everyone does things now. Who will be the face of ESPN five years from now? Ooh. Stephen A. Smith, no. Scott Van Pelt, no. Bomani Jones, yes. Mike Greenberg, Adam Schefter. How about some female talent? Uh, I will say. Would a female talent ever be the face of ESPN? No. The but, new Berman. No. Uh, I think Bomani Jones and what's the guy he's doing the show with? He oh, Izzy? No, not Izzy. Oh, Izzy Gutierrez? Izzy now in I Spain. can't think of who he's doing the show with, but he's doing a sh- Pablo Torre. Thank you. Pablo, okay. They love Pablo Torre. I don't know why, but they <laughs> love Pablo Torre. I think Pablo Torre and Bomani are going to be, at some point, they're going to host The Six. Oh. Or, the, or, or the Siete, as they'll call it, because they can't call the Ocho. They'll call it the Siete. I just can't wait for uh, Greenberg's new show, Get Up. Get up and go put your head in a toaster, because <laughs> you're going to hate this show. <laughs> Greenberg, good... Beetle, and Jalen Rose. <laughs> Is that the show? 
go go put a toaster on like a glove, <laughs> plug it in, and jump into a bathtub. <laughs> You're not a Jalen fan? You know what? Let me say something. Jalen Rose has blown me away with how good he is and, and, and the way he is able to present things and his sense of humor and everything. I like I listen to his show at night with his podcast with uh Jacoby and Jacoby, yeah. Yeah. And I think Jalen Rose is really good. So that's I don't know if that surprises you or not, but I think he's really good. Jalen Rose having a great year dating the girl from first take. He's yeah, having the Molly, best year. Yes. Molly Kiram, and they've alerted HR, so HR is on board with this one. I would quit she if I nice. if they weren't. I'm leaving. She is nice. Okay, time to play answer key. Rapid fire with commentary. Ten question survey, Jay. Uh, the number one answers have been ranked by our professional panel. I have them in my hand right here, and I'll tell you after you answer these ten questions, okay? All right. So even though it is rapid fire... You can throw some commentary in there as well. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Okay, number one. Are current basketball shorts too long? Yes no. Or no. They're not? No, they're fine. Ridiculous. Number two. One game for your life, who would you want coaching a generic team of college players? Rick Pitino, Mike Krzyzewski, or John Calipari? Uh, Rick Pitino. Okay. Three. More essential tool of sports information in the early 1990s. The score phone? Or the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook? The score phone. <laughs> okay. Number four, if I called Baltimore a shithole city, what would be your response? You are correct, sir. Oh, wow. Uh, number five, what would you rank Joe? where would you rank Joe Flacco amongst all 32 starting NFL quarterbacks? Uh, 13. Number six, name one black chick in pop culture who is, quote, bad for your people, unquote. Stacey Dash. Number seven, coolest white motherfucker on the planet Earth. Ed Sheeran. Number eight, quick thought on BWI Airport. Uh, Thurgood Marshall, and it's great. I can call BWI, yes. Good old Thurgood Marshall, BWI Airport. Uh, Number nine, uh, there is, in fact, a missile headed for our D.C. area, unlike the one that did not hit Hawaii. You've got 40 minutes. What are you going to do? Go to Chipotle. (laughs) And number 10, Worst first date activity amongst the three, ice skating, nature hike, or protest rally? Oh, God. Pro- it'd be protest rally because the girl is probably hairy. Okay. So, protest rally. All right. There you go. Good. Okay. Would you like to see the answer key? Thank you. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh, number one, are current basketball shorts too long? You answered yes or no. No. The answer is, of course, no. they're too fucking long. What's I wrong play, with I you? I played man? in the in the era between very short and and this one. They, they're fine, right? So they're fine. No, nobody's asking for the Nuthuggers back, the John Stockton specials, but the Michael Jordan length is the proper length. Okay. Okay. Number two, one game coaching for your life, college basketball. You answered amongst Rick Pitino, Mike Shashevsky, John Calipari. Uh, Patino, the answer is correct. Uh, survey did say Patino. Uh, number three, which was the more essential tool of sports info in the early 90s, the score phone of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook? You said score phone. That is incorrect. Oh. The Blue Ribbon Yearbook, because how else would you know about the quick side forward for Weber State unless you bought that Blue Ribbon Yearbook prior to the NCAA tournament? And that was tournament. pivotable to your play-by-play calling, right? Bef- yes, of course. Before the internet, circa 1991-92. Number four. If I call Baltimore a shithole city, what would be your response? You said you are correct, sir. That is wrong. It says the answer is 
Have you been to the Inner Harbor, hun? We're making great strides. <laughs> really? We're number two in murders per capita and syphilis. Number five, where would you rank Joe Flacco amongst all 32 starting QBs? You said? 13. Uh, the answer is 17th, right behind, I believe, uh, let's see, right behind Derek Carr and Eli Manning and right ahead of Jameis Winston and Blake Bortles. Okay. According to the unofficial survey. Number six, name one black chicken pop culture who is bad for your people. You said Stacey Dales. Or no, Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash, not Dales. Uh, we would have accepted either Miko Grimes or Little Kim. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Awkward pause. I had to throw that in there. Or Stacy. Nico. Uh, number Grimes. seven. Coolest yeah. coolest white motherfucker on the planet Earth. Uh the answer was Justin Timberlake. You know what? I I I, I flaked that you know I, but Ed Sheeran, pretty cool. Ed dorky Sheeran looking. Pretty cool. And pretty, pretty dorky, cool. But pretty cool. Yeah. Uh your quick thought on the BWA airport was you love it. Uh my quick thought or survey says uh cheap fare is bad with luggage. You've, I've had some bad experience. I guess you've been there recently. Uh, I have, but well, I, I usually fly to Vegas out of there because they get the best Southwest Airlines flights. But uh, it's a hell of a haul for my house. That's uh, for it's sure. eight minutes from the crazy. Yeah, from the crazy. It is a good. It is a good size though because it's big with a lot of flights. But unlike Dulles, where you fucking have to take a train and then people movers all the way out to the stupid ass, uh, you know, terminals. I think BWI is good size. And then finally, worst date, first activity, uh, worst first date activity, ice skating, nature hike, or protest rally. You said protest rally. Uh, I said, or the survey said, ice skating. Ice skating. How, you you protest would never rally, be I caught think, at a protest rally. Protest rally, you know you're not getting anything, but you're scoring big points with the girl. And maybe she isn't. Harry and you're going to get that from ice skating. You're going to score from ice skating <laughs> because he's so sensitive. He's ice skating with me. You're going to score. <laughs> you think so? Yes, that's a definite. Next week, yeah. Next week, the question is, what's going to make? What's going to help you score the more? Score the most? Ice skating always wins. Okay. Uh, when was the last time you ice skated? Uh, 2002, I think. <laughs> Did I score that night? No, but still. Been a while. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You should see I, Tanya. I did. What'd you think? Loved it. It was really good because you actually kind of, I, I felt slightly sympathetic I, for Tanya Harding going, you know what? What a fucked up upbringing she had. She really did kind of have no chance. Allison Janney as her mother was the worst. I mean, the worst. It was the best thing the in best that. Best evil mom yes. ever. I calculated 98.6% of her screen time was with that super long clove cigarette in her hand <laughs> or mouth. And the burn. <laughs> and the, the guy who How about played... the fact that at the end, they showed some of the real footage. And it was right on. Dead nuts on. We So we talked about the movie at, on the Brett Hollander experience. You know, it's Brett Hollander show. They were amazed that I could name... The crew. Shane Stant, <laughs> Sean Heck, Eckhart, yeah. Derek Smith. Yes. Uh, I said Derek Smith got virtually no uh, he got time nothing, in the movie. Nothing. They were like, how do you remember that? Because you don't understand how big that was. Oh, you, absolutely. You knew the names. By the way, the guy who played Galuli, awesome. He was really good. Yes. Yeah, he was. That, and I love the fact that they say, well, you know, this is based on a bunch of interviews of non-corroborated. Everyone had their own side of the story. Which I think is pretty accurate because at the end of the day, could you really know exactly when 
Tanya Harding may or may not have been in on, yeah, let's go ahead and hire your goon to kneecap him versus, no, let's just send her some letters and scare her. Like, we'll never know, right? Uh, I was talked into, no, we'll never know. No, but but the, you ever see the kid stays in the picture on Bob Evans, the Hollywood mogul? No. He said there's three sides to every story. My side, your side, and the truth. Yeah. No, I've heard that expression. I've never seen the movie, though. Yeah. but that, So that's what, by the way, Tanya Harding, what did you, in, in 93. Not hot. Okay. All right. Not hot, but I mean, you know. Okay. I just, I was, just, I, I was you're trying Jeff to. You're Jeff Galuli with that mustache. Yeah, you're in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the only part I didn't feel sympathetic uh, towards Tanya Harding. Yes, she went into the boxing. You know, she did boxing afterwards because she's like, I, I got to make a living. I got no education. I got to stay in the public eye. And and that whole thing about, oh, you take skating away from me. You take away my life. There's nothing that says right now she couldn't be in great shape at her age and teaching kids how to skate and giving Who's motivational speeches. There's nothing. going to take classes from Tanya Harding? Nobody. A lot of people. You think so? If she if she if she didn't look so fucking haggard and like she's just living a life of decadence and ruin and if she was of course she knows how to skate she she was a badass skater who didn't fit the mold of what they wanted in figure skating. Like she could, I could see a world in which she has apologized and owned up to her role in all of that. She looks great. She's taking care of her body. She's teaching kids, impoverished kids that want to learn how to skate. She's giving speeches. She could be doing all this. Instead, the movie said at the end she's building decks and doing landscaping. Okay, these two things open at the same time. Which makes more money? The Tim Tebow passing camp or the Tanya Harding Skating Academy? Which one makes more money? Bro, Tanya Harding was an elite skater. Tim Tebow couldn't throw a football through a tire. Ugh. I'm just I, saying. I'm going to say she is a train wreck, and okay. there's no way anybody's well, going to take. Well, they wouldn't take from her now. But what I'm saying, you mean back I guess then. what I'm saying. No, no, like right now. She's clearly has not made any great strides in her life to better herself. Okay. No? But I, I, I don't see anyone signing up for classes taught by Tanya. But you know not, what? Not right now. Jay, listen. If she was in great shape. Oh, okay. Well, you don't have if to be in great shape. Stopped. The Carolis weren't in great shape, and they taught they were they taught gymnastics. No, but if she was in great shape and she was clearly sober, it would show a commitment to a, to elevating her lifestyle, elevating her life, and and turning a negative into a positive. I'm going to have her call you then. <laughs> I think she just likes shooting whiskey and playing yes. pool. Yes. <laughs> and shooting and, guns and, and, and four wheeling and four wheeling. That's what she's and all skin about. Skin squirrels, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> eating fried mozzarella at the local bar. She's happy, Ugh. but she says she's happy. So Ugh. there's that. Okay, time to play. If I got it here queued up correctly, which I don't, the game that is sweeping the nation. At least uh, it will here in just a second. All right, here we go, Jay. Stand by for F. T. G. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Jay, I I realized inadvertently in getting the production for this, John Oliver does fuck that guy. Oh. So we're stealing it? 
Yeah, we're stealing the bit. Okay, well, you know That's what? That's where I got the last bite of fuck that guy. Sorry, so, Oliver. With a hat tip to John Oliver, I'm stealing your bit because it's a good bit. That's All right, okay. fuck that guy. Just pick a guy that you're like, okay, enough of him. Oh, I, I got one. Guy. I texted you. Jason McIntyre from Fox Sports and the big lead. Okay, midway, what do you got against Jason? Midway through, Zabe, the fourth quarter. Exactly, I can, you know exactly when it was. When Ben Roethlisberger uh, did the scramble and then tossed it back. To Le'Veon Inside Bell. the 10. Inside the 10. I okay. was on Twitter, and I saw Jason McIntyre, who I don't know why I followed him, but he goes, oh, my goodness, Ben was over the line. You've got to review that. That has to come back. And immediately, in like maybe two minutes, he got besieged 400 with people. people. Bro. It was stuff like, how are you on the air? You're stupid. Don't you know there was a lateral? And I was like, how is this guy on the air? And he doesn't. Dave, everybody knows that snipper rule with a lateral and across the line. It's is, right? bad, but once upon a time, Stephen A. Smith said on. Yes, I remember on you the sports reporters. That. Yes, sports have... reporters that they should have the Chargers should have kicked a field goal on third down because if they missed it, they'd have another chance on fourth down. Again, Either conflating or misunderstanding that you can only you know uh, fall on a botched snap you don't get a do down right you don't you only get one kick you can though if you fuck the snap up fall on it and try it again so jason mcintyre fuck that guy <laughs> okay here's my F, uh, ftg for the week and this one oh wait a minute here we go oh, hold on a little okay here we go <laughs> trying to run all these buttons here not a good board up jay you always knew that about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's one MLB agent right now sitting on three potential $100 million clients, and he's bitching and moaning about how slow the market is this winter. People are saying there's possible collusion. And that guy alone is the single reason why perhaps MLB teams have said, you know what, we're paying way too much for everybody. Oh, and that guy's guy name is? is one Scott Boris. Boris. All Scott. I can say is, fuck that guy. He's killing, he's strangling the golden goose in baseball, and I don't want to hear it from him. So that's my FTG for the week. But, you know, you know, apparently, though, not apparently, at some point, these guys are going to get paid. Says who? You don't. You, uh, you, eventually, the dam will break, right? Right. I mean, no, somebody, I there's guess. some team is going to go, oh, we really need this guy. Like a heroin addict. I really need this hit. But this is like a standoff. That is going way deeper than anyone thought it would in baseball. Jeff Passan has a great article I, about I this today. I just read the yeah. Passan article today. I was like, damn, this is some crazy shit. It's what's going to happen uh, in, next year when, when Manny and Bryce. Uh, yeah, that's the big question. What's going to happen with Manny and Bryce next year? Don't know. I, I know okay. you're sitting on pins and needles for your love of baseball. Oh, you, you, know. you treat baseball like a redheaded Fuck stepchild. You, you okay? do. You do. You treat baseball like a redheaded stepchild. No, I consume it when it's in season. It's so October. It, so it, it's, it's like it's like a melon to you. Melons are only good in the summer, bro. I consume it when it's ripe, which is October. <laughs> so one month sport for me, and I keep one eye on it the rest of the year. Sorry, I grew up without a baseball team for 30 years. No, you did not. You had the Orioles. You had the Orioles. Bro, I ain't from Baltimore. You know that now. Come on. Okay. I'll I'll promise to love baseball a bit more. Actually, I find the the business side of it more interesting than a double switch or some guys vorperating. (laughs) I hate, by the way, I I hate the sabermetrics. That has ruined it for me. Really? Yes. You played baseball. I know. 
And by the way, I'm thinking of making a comeback, and I got to tell you, next week we'll talk about how I'm going to do this. One more year, Zabe. A comeback one... in Ponce de Leon adult baseball? <laughs> yes, one more year, but I, I got to give you the, the, the lowdown on this. You'll enjoy it. Trust yeah. me. Somehow I see torn ligaments <laughs> in your future. <laughs> All right, Notorious J.A.Y., my brother from another mother, producer of the Brett Hollander Experience Extravaganza <laughs> in Baltimore and WBAL. Follow Jay on Twitter, and you can direct your vena to him uh, for proclaiming white privilege and or Jason Whitlock being an Uncle Tom, which is another criticism that I had to field on your behalf. Really? So, yeah, people don't like that stuff. Not what? everyone does. Oh, so I, I just, send them I, my way. You I know? Oh, no, send them your way. Send them my way. Jay is responsible for his own opinions here, and he can he's a big boy. He can stand up for them on his own. Oh. All right, Jay. At JayControl34 on Twitter. Is that it? That is it. Thank you. Great run this week as always. See you, Jay. All right. I'll leave you with this today. Say hello to new California. Yes, that's right. There is a chunk of California that would like to secede, not from the United States, oh no, but from the rest of the state of California. They're going to call themselves new California. The graphic I saw was confusing because New California had a gold star uh, above its name, and the map of the state of California with the various counties showed the counties that the rest of California wanted to get away from, the coastal counties, pretty much from L.A. up to San Francisco, which is where all the money and the wealth is in California. They wanted to get away from that part of California, and that's in gold. And so I'm confused. I'm like, wait. So, wait, the, the coastal part of the state wants to secede from the inland part of the state? No, it's the other way around. Apparently, the rural agrarian California, which is two-thirds of the state, ha- has had it with the high taxes and the you know hopelessly uh, Democrat-entrenched mindset of pretty much how California is run by the coastal elites as some would say. They have no plan as to exactly how this is going to be done. But they say that they are looking at the California Constitution and the United States Constitution in a similar way as how West Virginia was once formed many years ago. Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution is where they go. And according to founder Tom Reed of the New California Movement, Yes, we have to demonstrate we can govern ourselves before we are allowed to govern. And despite obstacles, doubters, and obvious long odds, the group stands united, says this story, in their statehood dream. Uh, They're organized in committees with the Council of County Representatives. They say it'll take 10 to 18 months before they're fully ready to engage with the state legislature on breaking away from the rest of California. This is, by the way, not the first effort to split up California in 2014. Silicon Valley venture capitalist Tim Draper submitted signatures to put a measure that would split California itself into six separate states. Wow. It's big enough to do that, but I'm not sure that would be the best thing possible. I know when I went to school at UC Santa Barbara many years ago and lived there for about five years afterwards that the Northern Cal folk would always talk down on the Southern Cal folk and vice versa. And if there ever was going to be a split, it was going to be north-south. This is instead carving out vertically, or at least sort of north-south on an angle, 
the coastal portion of California. Of course, the real split in California is going to be the big one, the earthquake on the San Andreas Fault that will literally split California in two. I just hope I'm not alive when that happens because that one will be ugly. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening yet again to another edition of the Zabecast. Please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play, anywhere else that you want to see this podcast posted. Also, correct my mistakes. Give me feedback. Please tell two friends. Reach me at Zabe at Yahoo.com or at Zabe on Twitter. And, of course, go to my website, Zabe.com, for more in content and information on all these shows and more. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day, and we will see you next time.